is Jack Scallions. Would you join me for just a few moments from my heart to yours? Throughout the ages, the major contrast of light and darkness has captivated the minds of every living being. Some of the first words of direct creation are, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And God said, Let there be light. Light was a part of creation before the sun, the moon, or the stars. Light in itself is a wonderful commodity. Its warmth and comfort and encouragement is only surpassed by light's ability to provide direction and security. The contrast of light and darkness is vividly illustrated in the spiritual conflict that rages all about us. Satan is described in Scripture as the ruler of darkness. He often transforms himself into an angel of light, only to give opportunity to trap the unsuspecting in his world of darkness. The exact opposite is Christ, who is described as the light of the world. Hell is a place of outer darkness, while we know that in heaven there is no night. Christ's rejectors are described as men who love darkness rather than light, while the true believer is light to be set on a hill. The law did not bring light. God called Moses to the top of Mount Sinai to receive the law. The law was God's covenant with Israel that illustrated God's requirement of holiness and man's futile attempt to reach it. No man was ever made righteous by keeping the law. This law of judicial and sacrificial commandments was not a group of disconnected statements, but a whole. To offend in one point will be to be guilty of all of them. Moses describes Sinai in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 21, where the Bible says, And the people stood afar off, and Moses drew near unto the thick darkness where God was. In contrast, Christ is pictured on the Mount of Transfiguration in the Gospels in brilliant Shekinah glory. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. If you will, trace verse after verse from the first of Genesis to the last of the Revelation to see God's promises of the Christ as the light prophesied coming and coming again. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise from upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee, and the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Isaiah stated this in Isaiah 60, verse number 1 through 3. The prophet on the Isle of Patmos spoke of a city that had no need of the sun, neither the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. When Jesus came, it was night. Rome was dipped in the shadow of death. The last prophet's voice had not been heard for over 400 years. Men worshipped at the tombs of the unknown gods. The darkness of moral depravity, selfishness, and pain, and death and fear was the world in which the baby was born. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light they that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Isaiah 9 and verse 2. The people which sat in darkness saw great light, 
and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. Matthew 4.16 Jesus declared, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Cicero, the Roman orator, said when traveling in Greece, he saw a pillar inscribed with one word, this word, Savior. He said he admired the fullness of the word, but was as ignorant of its meaning as an owl is of astronomy. Men then and now have no excuse to stumble through life in darkness. I've long admired the works of Thomas Kincaid. He had often placed on canvas a picture of a wintry twilight scene. The shadow of darkness was falling fast. The trees were heavily laden with snow and ice, and a raging storm was howling in its fury. A dreadfully isolated dark house, forlorn and forsaken, would be silhouetted against the somber landscape. It reeked of sad dejection and caused the viewer to recoil in depression. But then, with a few deft strokes of his brush dipped in bright yellow at each window, the entire scene is transformed into a welcoming vision of comfort and cheer. The light streaming from the windows was magical. So it was with the coming of Christ. The world then was dark with sin and unbelief. The wintry blasts were howling dismally through. Then the light of life was born under Bethlehem's star. Leave Jesus out of today's picture, and you'll have a hopeless setting. He puts life and light into the world. He is the light of this dark, sin-cursed world. Robert Ingersoll, the notorious agnostic of the last century, gave the funeral oration at the burial service of his brother. An oft-quoted segment from that service goes like this. Life is a narrow veil between the ice-clad peaks of two cold eternities. We strive in vain to look beyond the heights. We wail and cry in the dark. Faith tries to see a star or hear the rustle of a wing, but the only sound we hear is the echo of our voice. The Ingersolls, Voltaires, Darrows, Gibeons, Humes, and all the clan of atheism have no light to hold or to offer. But God has let a star shine in this dark, barren veil between the ice-clad peaks of two eternities. Here is the answer of God to man's every need. Here is the wisdom of God, the love of God, the power of God, and the light, all in the Son of God. If you'll accept this simple, clear truth this Christmas season, that this virgin-born babe was the God-man, the divinely appointed and divinely given Savior of the world, you can have the light of heaven to illuminate your pathway and to guide you home. Remember, this has been Jack Scallions, and I'm so thankful I can come to you today with just a few moments from my heart to yours. <music>